Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Well, Andy, it's golf season. It is. For the foreseeable future. We've, we've whittled it down. Season. We'll be doing uh, NFL every week still because we never will short ourselves on that. We always are able to find something to talk about, especially coming up here. Like We are going to be getting to the point where we're going to have to start doing previews for the divisions if the season doesn't get cut in half like the preseason did today. But we'll get into you know a later date here. Bite your late, tongue. Late July. <laughs> late July is usually when we start doing those previews. So. And it's been fun touching on other sports and just, yeah, just like we, we kind of made the point when we did uh, the podcast with Gelati a few months ago, it was like, it was esports time to shine and they were, they were making the most of it, I suppose. And now, you know, NASCAR and UFC are going off too, but boy, if you are on gambling Twitter and you have, I mean, even just some of the mainstream follows, the mainstream follows are just all of a sudden everybody's betting on golf, which I'm not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't think some of the public money's moving numbers too much, but everybody I know is betting on golf right now. And it's uh it's been it's been fun to talk to some people that I don't normally get to talk to about that because it's just been me and a few other people that uh did that week to week. I got murdered in January. We've been over that. But for the most part it's been a it's been a fun restart. I've made money the last couple of weeks. And I don't know if we've ever mentioned it on here. But definitely when I've been on with James and Haven on the for-profit, their golf preview podcast, we have talked and I get DMs after this because we're, we're not good at like explaining where we're getting numbers from. And there, there's a few different data sources. But yeah, when, when I'm talking to James Haven, you know, James, James Mazzola, you know him from Twitter too. Like we are pulling a lot of data from Fantasy National. That's one of the, I mean, it's the first place I look to when I started to get into golf because that's where James sent me and it was uh, an easy way to get data because uh, you, it's a nice format. So we went out and talked to uh, the guy who made it, the moose. <laughs> what, right to the straight to the source. We went straight to the source. Hey boys. I seen that you, you know, you'd started like you, we said this off air, you started doing a little podcast of your own. I'm like, Oh, he, so he's, he's comfy on the mic. Let's see if he wants to come out and, Kind of talk a little golf, chop it up a little, and kind of explain some questions I have about it too. First right. of all, welcome, welcome to golf betting for for you guys. If you weren't <laughs> into it to to start, yeah, no, I think I mean really that's why we're here. To be honest, the I I am kind of dipping my toe into the water a, a lot more, uh, being that this is the only live sports going on, and it's super entertaining every weekend, um, and. For the most part, through three weeks, I was largely betting qualitative angles. I was largely using information-based uh, handicapping because I really just didn't have a feel for how useful the data even was going to be. Uh, you know, how do you, what, what do you know about a guy's current form if he hasn't played in three months? Um, so now that that kind of time period has passed and we have a couple of weeks of data on these guys, it's time for me to get a little bit, a little bit more serious and get a little more quantitative here, uh, which means we need to find good data. Uh, and as anyone who's ever gotten into handicapping a sport for the first time knows, finding the best data is not the easiest part of this by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and especially when it comes to 
data that I, you know, I guess and, and the way actionable I would qualify data. actionable data, right? Stuff yeah, you that can go is, on ESPN and read some shitty stats about any sport you want. Like, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, like the free throw percentage is a lot higher for the Southern team. Should yeah, I back to minus eight. So, you know, that's not, <laughs> that's not going to help you. Can, you. You can't take yeah, action on that. Yeah, who's the longest driver on tour is not going to help you as much as you, you may think it is if you're relatively new to this. So you, you need more, much more granular data, stuff that can be input into quantitative models. And I think really that's where Fantasy National comes in. Uh, and so, first of all, thanks for talking to us. Uh, and second of all, how did you come? Did you come about this the same way where you realized like, Man, there is an enormous a gap here. Yeah. There is an enormous void that could be filled, uh, providing high quantity, high quality quantitative data to people who are using it for whatever purpose they they desire. I'd love to tell you guys that there was this master plan, and I saw this <laughs> opening in the market, and I was like, <laughs> "I am on this," and I'm just so. I'm a member at Hazeltine National Golf Club here in Minnesota. I joined there back in 2012. We had the Ryder Cup coming here in 2016. And I was thinking, you know what? I don't know, outside of maybe the top five household names on the PGA Tour, I don't know who any of these guys are. So I'm like, I'm going to get into fantasy golf because if you play fantasy football, all of a sudden you know the wide receiver for every freaking team. You know, the wide receiver three for the Dolphins, you know, whatever it is. And – So I wanted to just get into it. So I started to know who these guys were and I started, I went to go play a DraftKings lineup and all of a sudden you've got to start picking these guys that are $7,000 that I've never heard of. And I'm like, okay, I still have that. (laughs) It sounds like me now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I started putting together this spreadsheet of like all their year to date stats from the PGA tour. And I found this forum and I was like, Hey guys, this is what I'm putting together. Is anybody else doing something different? How's it? And everybody's like, Oh my God, this spreadsheet's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so I'm a web developer. I actually uh, used to run a, a website that sold uh, heating and air conditioning equipment wholesale. And so I had this idea that what if I, instead of categorizing air conditioners, like when you were shopping and I want to, <laughs> what if instead I started categorizing the golf rounds? Yeah. So like, yeah. you know, is it a windy day? What kind of grass are they on and all that stuff. And I was like, why don't I just build a website instead of doing this thing? And all of a sudden I put it out there. I put it out for free initially, just, not even sure if anybody thought it was going to be cool. And then pretty soon, like I had like, I mean, just more people than I expected sign up for free. And I was like, okay, I need to put a paywall up something ridiculous so that people can, uh, you know, maybe the, the sharks will, you know, fund my little project for the year, but just people kept signing up. And you know what I thought was ridiculous. It's like 20 bucks, 25 bucks a month, 30 bucks a month. It's 30 bucks a month. Uh, if you go to fantasynational.com slash pods, you can save 20%. But uh, I mean, if you're betting hundred bucks a week or more, 25 bucks an, you know, a month for data is awesome. And so what we do is we don't have any opinions on the site. We just let you get at the data any way you want. And for your listeners who maybe aren't into golf, but are playing football, the way I try to analogize, if that's a word, is imagine playing football and not knowing which defense your running back's going up against every week, you know, in fantasy, like, 
And with golf, you've got 153 guys and they're all going up against the same defense, which is the course. And some guys' skill sets are going to be better against the course than others. And everybody who plays golf, for the most part, kind of knows that, oh, yeah, if the course is tighter, I need a guy with good driving accuracy or whatever. And the other thing that we do on there is we allow you to take all these different sets because there's, I mean, hundreds of different stats. There's at at least dozens of major categories, if not. And then you can take each one of those and parse it down by what type of greens, green firmness, you know, the, the rough length, the, the, who, who designed the course. I mean, yeah, yeah, it it does end up to be hundreds if you do want to get, you know, that exact and that specific on it. Yeah. And then what we allow you to do is say, okay, Hey, here are the five stats that I'm looking at. And I think that this one's the most important and this one's slightly less. And all of a sudden it'll just within seconds, give you your own custom power rankings. Okay, so so can I can I uh, ask a couple questions then? So no, I'm going to monopolize this entire time here. <laughs> so so effectively, you come at the same. You're trying to provide data from two different angles. One is here is a golfer's profile based on all the data we've got, and then here are here is the course's characteristics based on all the data we've got, and here is how these players fit with this course. And this is so that so you think effectively uh, people are coming and using the data and the predominant kind of philosophy really comes down to course fit here, like push players strengths. Uh, that's that's a big, yeah. I mean, Ooh, that, yeah, that's a hot button topic. The course fit guys. Well, so the uh, there, there's three things, you know, there's, you know, how they've been playing recently, how they played okay. at this course in the past and how have they played, you know, kind of, overall on that type of courses you know uh Got it. guys Got like it. dustin johnson so last week he happened to win but it's a shorter course typically yep. and yep. his big strength is his his distance so it that kind of course is taking away one of his big strengths to a point now last week he was just bombing it over the trees and cutting the corners and it really didn't matter so next year when people are looking at that they might go no, this is, you know, kind of more a place that's suiting somebody that really hits the ball. Uh, Will Gordon, the kind of the rookie who placed third last week also, he's a bomber too. You know, it's just – but sure. going into the week, everybody was kind of under the mindset this is kind of just more of a plod your way around sort of course and, and, and go about it that way. So – but that's that's really what it boils down to is – Yeah, the, the people who wanted to fade bombers the past three weeks are doing bad. Yeah, <laughs> it just, it just you know, I remember we said it right off the bat. Somebody brought it up, and and you know, the conversation was, "What the hell do we really know right now?" Coming out of the break, like there was a lot of uncertainty, and you know, we kind of picked our spots, but and then right away it was like, "Shit!" You know, Bryson's like four hundred pounds, and maybe he can just cut every corner and hit it four hundred yards, and shit won't matter. And it's been pretty interesting, and. You know, uh, like you talk about the custom model tool, that's a big one that uh, not just me, you know, I play with that. I know a lot of people that use that, the mixed condition model, like you Mm -hmm. said, you can take of the hundreds of different stats that you want to pull, just like, you know, ball striking on this style of course. You say, I want to add that to my model. I want to add putting on this type of green. I want to add how they birdie opportunities gained. 
maybe just overall and a few other stats. And then you, you move the sliders around and determine which one's the most important and kind of the ratios and weighting and you just hit the button. And it says, well, if that's what you really think, here's how you, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it, and you know like what the, said, it's not your opinion. It's whoever's controlling it on the site. It's their opinion, how you weighed it. And then if, you know, if this is how you think it's going to play out, this is how you would rank these golfers compared mm-hmm. to how they're they've done, a, you know, at, at these five, six, 10 stats, whatever. Yeah, it, it's definitely not an exact science. I mean, especially with PGA Tour, like any given week, any player on there can win. And any, and any player can miss the cut and be gone after two days. You know, the best player, it, it's kind of scary if we go back to the football analogy. If you imagine that like half the quarterbacks are going to get injured at halftime, that's basically what golf is, right? Got it. You know, yeah. um, it, it's, it is very – so, like, when we were talking about those models and stuff, there's no exact science to it. But what, what I always tell people to do is build your models, tweak your – you know, play around with, you know, your settings and which ones you're going. There's not going to be an exact formula, but you want to be looking for is, like, the guys that you keep seeing over and over again popping up. Those are the guys that you want to start digging into a little bit more. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So, it's a basically, it's a shortcut to sort of get the cream to rise to the, to the top of a massive field. <laughs> right? Yeah, you got 153 guys, yeah. Yeah, handicapping 150 players one by one, forget about it. You have no chance. But, um, and, you know, and, and to, to some degree, I think you're giving a shortcut too because you're kind of helping nail down a median performance, right? Like you're kind of getting to the sort of the center of what would be expected on a given day. And from there, if you have, you know, I guess, do you have um, – some sense or some tools uh, to evaluate which guys are just way more random versus which guys are very consistent. Um, we've been looking into doing some of that stuff. Uh, a guy that we thought or that works with me, his name is undone RSG, Chris Hollander, his Twitter handle is undone RSG. He'll put out like a consistency ranking every once in a while on like Friday or Saturday, say kind of who's been going, but a lot of that, you, you know, for any guy, like as you're building your model, like you don't just, I would never say, oh, you showed up number one in my model. I got to bet him or I got to put him on my line. You should click his name and start scrolling through. And sure. you're going to get all kinds of more data and you're going to quickly see if the guy's consistent or not. You know? So, sure. I think, yeah, that's where I was going to say, like, the once I do start to develop, I, I bet a lot of head to heads. In, Let's get you know, into that in a little yeah, bit because that's one of my favorite tools. Yeah, on the site. That, that, and that you can you can compare two guys and then you can start digging. Uh, it just made me think of when when Drew asked the question about you know Mister Inconsistent. You know you can just click on any of these players and look at a, a cavalcade of information about them and you know their last five, ten, twenty, their last all tournaments, like just their averages in in some of the bigger categories, and then you can look at. You know, their recent history, I mean, Mm. not even recent, I'm scrolling down on, I don't even know who I clicked on, but I'm looking at somebody's shots gained here in 2010 at the AT&T National. You know, the the info's a little spottier that far back, or maybe the fact that he wasn't playing as much. But yeah, I clicked on Webb Simpson. You can look at guys, and there are some guys you'll click on, be like, man, his numbers are kind of weird. And then you look, and just (laughs) it's like, oh, it's, you know, five, miscut. Top 10, missed cut, missed cut, won yeah. the tournament, missed cut. Like, you know, there are some guys where you just, 
you do need to take a little bit of that uh, context where, you know, you are looking at a big sample, depending on how many, how big of a round sample you're looking at. There's some context sometimes where it's like, man, do I really want to back a guy that maybe, you know, and, you, and then you can start digging into like those tournaments. Gotcha. Well, I mean, that's a tournament that didn't fit him well. Maybe I can still trust this guy at this golf course. All those missed cuts were kind of, you know, maybe playing somewhere that wasn't his strength. And I don't, I don't need, and that's where you, you know, you need to start digging in and making some decisions on that. So it's, it's nice to have that resource. And then sometimes you just can't make a decision because there's, there's so much information getting thrown at you that I think, you know, <laughs> there's six things telling you to bend them and think six things telling you not to. And that's where sometimes I just have to pass on some of these guys. If I don't have a good feel. Well, that, that's the thing with, with golf, too, for the guys that aren't familiar with golf betting, is that you can be a, wrong a hell of a lot more often in golf and still be profitable than you are in any other sport. With golf, you've got the first-round leader bets, so those guys that are super inconsistent that you know, you've, that you know can mm. go deep, they might not be able to keep it together for four days, got but it. they're on a course that they like, and you can get 50 to 1 on them just – you know, being the leader after round one. Got it. You know, yeah. so there's there's a whole lot of value in that too. Gotcha. To go yeah, because so. uh, the reason I was asking about the consistency and kind of specifically, um, you know, guys who have a wide distribution of outcomes versus narrow is because I'm thinking like, okay, if I want to put a quantitative model together to price a matchup, I don't want just like a median score for a guy relative to a median score for another guy right like i don't want to be like well i got rory's gonna hit minus 12 this week and and uh you know justin rose is gonna hit minus 10 so i'm gonna bet rory minus one and a half strokes right like i'd much rather see like okay you know rory's got a pretty tight distribution all around minus uh, you know, minus 12 and Rose's distribution is way wider. He could be, you know, down and around even, you know, like there's a much, you know, the, there's a fat of long tails because we don't know, you know, what kind of shape he's in. He could end up, you know, you know, missing the cut, right? Like I, I'm kind of more interested in knowing sort of the overall range of a given golfer for pricing those matchups, because I think there's, you know, the first, and especially if I'm laying strokes, uh, and things like that, because uh, just sort of the nature of the, you know, the the finite nature of you make the cut or you miss the cut. Um, but uh, I guess, do you is first and foremost, um, people are gaining an edge by kind of getting the sort of the average or median performance as true as possible relative to all the rest of the golfers in the field. That's kind of the the key first step for coming up with a model for golf. I, I think the I'd say to a point. Um, it's more about understanding where a guy's strengths and weaknesses are. Got it. Okay. You know, and, and like how they are. And then you have to factor in the recent form and stuff. So back to your head to head best, because let's get into that. Cause I think, you know, that's one of the more fun things because you can do a full round turn, you know, a full tournament, or you can just do a single round head to head, but you're talking about lane strokes and I've never done that. I've always done money line. Have you done money line on those before? Oh, sure. 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 I just think that, that I think that the, the laying strokes is, is mispriced. Like, yeah, right. You're getting a little bit more is. EV if you're laying strokes in, in golf, I think. Well, that well, there is that. But so what we have, we have a head-to-head tool on there. Have you guys had a chance to check that out? Yeah, I've played with that. So the way that that works is you can give – let's just give me any two guys here right now. I'll just play. Let's do DeChambeau here. and Hideki. 
take well, the top yeah, of the market. Well, DeChambeau and Hatton is an actual matchup this week. Okay. Uh, okay, I'll go Hatton. Hatton's a problem because we don't have as many rounds as him, for him on the PGA Tour. Well, let me just see. Eh, well, I mean, Webb Web and DeChambeau is a matchup as well, if you wanted to go with yeah, that. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Okay, and what's what's the line for that? What's the money line on that? Oh, we're going to have to pull that one up. Okay. Uh, I got it on my spreadsheets here. Well, I mean, so it's fairly close. Like uh, while, while you're looking that up, let me tell you I, what we're doing. I'm going to guess it's DeChambeau minus 130. It, minus 120. Okay. And what is Webb Simpson? Even. Okay. So not a good line on that. Like you said, there's not a whole lot of value in that. So what I like doing is I like going in. I mean, you'll get all these matchups and I'll go through the site and I'll just try to find where the value is. But So what we sure. do is we'll take every single time that Webb Simpson and Bryson DeChambeau have played together. Okay? okay. So right now we've got 217 rounds where they played the exact same course on the same day. Got it. And Webb Simpson's shot lower 48% of the time. So what the site is telling us is that you need to have a money line better than minus one, uh, 120 to bet Webb. Got it. Okay. So, but that's um, kind of in neutral course conditions because that's yep, the entire neutral. sample. That's the, yep, entire, that's the sample. entire sample. Yep. So if we want to okay. look, we could also just say, okay, Hey, let's, let's flip that up and just look at last two years. Sure. Let's just see here. So now it, that hasn't changed much. You just need a money line better than 110 now. Okay. Got it. Neg- okay. Minus 110, minus 110. Sorry. Okay. Um, got it. So try. what if I want to tweak current form and bump up, uh, you know, if I want some indicator or some measure to kind of quantify how much better Bryson's been in the last three weeks relative to how good he was this time last year, like over the most of that sample where they were going head to head, I got to imagine Bryson was not as good a golfer as he's been in 2020, especially the last three weeks. Yeah. Well, a, we can just go look at the last three weeks and see how they've been doing there too, right? Sure. We yeah. can, and we can compare the two just over the last three weeks. Let's just see. I'll throw in the last month here real quick. Last month, we got six rounds and they're 50-50. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Huh. <laughs> so, but, but again, that's and that's what we do. I'm not here to tell you what to do, but I'm here to give you however you want to look at that information, you can get at it. Sure. Sure. It's quick, easy to access data, uh, for kind of, um, uh, doing like screening level, uh, screening level evaluations to try to identify value from there. You can then take it to the next step and do a more quantifiable distribution, which would take more time and you can't do it for all 151 golfers unless you have. Right. And and we're going to look at doing some sort of way to normalize, but here's, here's the thing is on our site, Golf's so different than every other sport because in golf, like we're so very concerned with how much did they gain on the rest of the field versus just he averages 180 yards passing. Uh, in golf, if I said a guy hit eight uh, hit eight fairways today, was that good or bad? The answer is it depends. Were they playing a course that had super wide fairways and everybody's hitting 10? Or were they playing a course that's just tight and it's blowing 20 miles per hour and everybody's hitting six? If everybody's only hitting six, his eight's awesome, right? Yeah. So yeah. Back, to, back to your point on what's his average score, well, how hard was the course that you're playing? Was it a par 72? Like if I say his scoring average is a 69, 
and he's only played par 70s, not sure. as, you know what I mean? Not so, as, doesn't mean anything. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, Every, totally, everything totally. needs to be self Everything needs to be relative. Yeah. Yep. Golf has to be relative. Right. And that's kind of the beauty of strokes gained, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, it um, yeah. And so, I mean, we've kind of just taken strokes gain to the next level. Everything on our site is fairways gained. We have what we call scoring opportunities gained, which is kind of nice. our own stat, which is how many times do they get themselves a putt for birdie or better from inside 15 feet? I love that. Okay. That, and that feels especially valuable and relevant on a course like this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I mean, we're expecting the winner to hit what Andy over under, um, minus 20 and a half for the winner this week. I mean, th- you can bet on that. They've they've set a line, and I believe it was set at 21 and a half. 21, I'll, okay. Yeah, I'll okay. have to double check. Okay. But, like, yeah, they, okay. they, they, a couple of the offshores set a line on – there often will be a line on what the winning score will be. And, yeah, yeah it was set right in that 21 range, I want to say. Take, take the – whatever, like, it's going to be lower than 21 and a half. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a tout. I'm not a tout. So yeah, that's yeah, that's okay. like the most okay. I've ever done. But here's why: <laughs> the course is playing soft. First of all, yeah, yeah. Uh, the greens are soft, so people are just gonna be throwing lawn darts out there. Then <laughs> can't wait for this. <laughs> on top of that, you know, when you were talking about the uncertainty with this, you know, the last couple of weeks and with sure, you know, COVID and stuff. Uh, the field strength that we're getting, even though this week sucks for field strength, it's still way stronger than it was last year. So you're getting sure. a lot more good and aggressive players. Last year, what did a tournament? What did it? Yeah, DJ was here, but oh shit, that's right. Uh, Lashley uh, won by like uh, he was at minus twenty five. The next guy was minus nineteen. Uh, he, yeah, he shot like a seventy like, on Sunday. Like he he just went out he was, there. He was yeah. He, he was victory lap. Yeah, yeah Vic, victory, victory lap. lap. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. it kind of sucked on Sunday because <laughs> like there was no live betting opportunities and it was kind of boring. But well, like you said, it, it's not as good of a field as we've seen in the previous couple weeks here, but it's still pretty good field for Detroit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, uh, that's 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 the point I'm getting at. But no, I'll tell you what though. I mean, I'd play around with that head-to-head tool. Look at the money line. That's where I've had the most success sure. in the betting is just doing that. And all you're doing is you're looking for values. And you know, there's going to be times. Ah, shit. Who is it that I took today? Uh, I should pull up my card in a little bit. But there's one guy. It's like I. No matter how I splice and dice it, he's the. You know, he's the odds-on favorite. And I'm getting plus money on them, uh, you know, nice. on the sports book. Nice. So that, and that's what I try to look for. So it's not so great for, you know, oh, well, I think, you know, when you get those like Bryson web matchups, typically mm-hmm. you're not going to get a good line on either one of those. Right. That one's got to be dialed yeah, in by the time are, it hits those the are the market. tough that ones to bet. I, I try to stay away yeah. from those. I, I almost never show value in those because it's like, oh, here's, Here's like the you know if I want to if I want to just get away from like you know SG numbers and just go straight to like how would you rank these players? It's like oh here if you rank all 148 players, here's a matchup between the first and second best player in the field. <laughs> Are you really going to be able to dig down and find something that differentiates you know differentiates one of those? You're telling me that's a coin flip. When it's a close line, so yeah, and you know, you know, Drew, you brought up the point, and I mean, you two moose about just 
how much you could dig into a guy and how, you know, when you guys were going back and forth about, how, you know, taking it down to three rounds and looking at this and looking at the uncertainty. And if a guy is a little inconsistent, like that's where I try to go from like a 10,000 foot view. And I just try to get a nice set of rankings from week to week. And I use a little bit of priors and a little bit of course fit. And I have my numbers and I look and I say, which of these do I think are maybe off? Mm, and then I get okay. it down, you know, cause there is a lot of matchups, especially the different sets between the different offshores. And, you know, if, cause I can't look at every single matchup. I just, I don't have a, I don't have time to dig deeply into every one of those deep dive into all of them. So once I pick out some of them, then I start getting into that where I'll, I'll be clicking on names, looking at previous rounds, because I think one of the biggest mistakes I made early on was, um, I did, I did speak to this a little about how I did so badly in January because you say, Oh, I want to look at the guys last like 24 rounds and you've got guys that were playing overseas versus guys that weren't. And some of the context, you weren't getting the same 24 rounds. You were getting a really weird sample for some guys. And I've run into that too, with some of these guys that are just coming up where I have trouble play. I have trouble and maybe not anymore. They've got enough rounds under their belt, but in the spring Hovland and uh, uh, Morikawa Wolf, some of the guys like that, that were, you know, they were really good, but I, I couldn't quantify how good they were. Cause they just, I didn't have a ton of numbers on guys like those. So, I mean, some of that stuff I'll, I'll say, Hey, this number might be bad. I might be wanting to bet on this underdog. And then I start digging in. I'm like, I really, even with all the information in front of me, don't really know how good this guy actually is compared to the other player. <laughs> and, and you just have to start throwing him out. Which, why I'll start with you know a, a dozen or so the, the the strongest angles I can find, and then getting deeper into it, which is which is where I spend a lot of my time. Mm. Speaking of strong angles, uh, what off the top of your head, Moose? Would you say stuff like wind, stuff like grass green, you know, gr- grass type on the greens, uh, you know, stuff like uh, course length? Like, are those um, true? first order uh you know variables in terms of predicting performance in your opinion i'd say it depends on the person you know so let's so let's let's say let's just take wind for example so wind just kind of adds more variability to everything there's definitely some guys that play definitely better in the wind than, than others but what i like to do is i like to look and i go does because everything's gained, remember? So a guy yeah, might right. gain a guy might gain a quarter of a stroke on the field when it's super windy, and he might gain half a stroke on the field when it's calm. So to Got me, it. I'm looking at, I'm going, you know what? This guy's a good golfer, and the wind's not really going to affect him. He's not as good when it's really windy as you know when it's calm, but it's not not a huge just, delta. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But all of a sudden, if I see he loses a ton when it's calm. It's about average when it's, you know, when it's medium and then he sure. only gains when it's high wind. You know what I mean? So I'm looking at it uh, as an individual player because got it. I mean, there's so many different ways to get it done on the golf course and everybody's got a different, you know, it's, there's so much mental attitude. So some guys, the wind drives it nuts and you can't read their mind. All you can do is look at the numbers and try to like paint a picture relative. This to, is, you know, I, I thought of something you mentioned the greens and you know, the conditions. Um, 
I spoke earlier about the our friend's podcast where he does actually like they break down the they break down the whole card, they break down the tournament, they break down their outrights, matchups, everything. It's heavy, heavy sports betting related. And I, I uh I'll pop on there sometimes, especially if one of them can't do it and talk. And it's it's fun because they're both know a lot more about golf than me. And I end up just asking them a ton of questions. And last year I did help him out with the Rocket Mortgage one. And the one guy, he starts out the Haven, he starts out by telling me on the podcast, he's like, Yeah, so I called up there. I talked to the uh, I talked to the, <laughs> the, the pro. He, he just called the the golf course up there and talked to the pro. Asked him how the, asked him how the course was that week. He asked him about the weather. <laughs> asked him how soft the greens were. I'm like, you do that? He's like, well, I don't think it's against the law to call somebody. It's definitely like, not. No, no, absolutely I'm not. Cracking up so hard, but yeah, like he had a pretty good read on how the course was playing that week. Yeah, I guess song. so. If we so if we came up with like a golden angle like that, and we were like, okay, um, everybody thinks this is an average course, you know, green speed or whatever, and you call up the pro, and the pro's like, actually, we had a weird thing, and blah blah blah, and the greens are at a eleven on the stint meter or something like mm-hmm. that. No one knows, right? Like, what would we do with that information at Fantasy National? So if. Well, A, if you know that the green speeds are, let's just say they're going to be ridiculous, you can go filter on who's putting the best when okay. the greens are super fast. Um, yeah, I think you And, and I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to be like, hey, it's all like mystery and stuff like that, but it's it, it again is all... It, you want to know relative, right? Yeah, it's all relative and it's all about the thing. So like, so the three main types of grass there are, there's bent grass, there's Bermuda grass, and there's poa grass, okay? Got it. Bent grass is what we have up in Minnesota and, you know, a lot of places. Super smooth. So good putters, they can find their line and they can hit it on that line and it's going to roll there and it's good. Now, Bermuda is a little different because that's down in the south and there's like, there's a grain to it. And if you grew up down south, you can see which way that grain's going, and that grain will actually push the ball to a side if you know how to read it. So there's an art to doing that. So guys who are really good on Bermuda greens understand. The other thing with Bermuda greens is that depending on whether you're into the grain or down grain, if you're into the grain, it could be about two feet slower than if you're going down grain. Now, you know, wow. It's going to change Oh, my that. goodness. And so there is an art to doing that. Now, POA, now this week's kind of a weird week because it's a mix of both POA and bent. But with POA, (laughs) but with POA, it's, POA is kind of like this kind of cauliflower sort of shape. And so the ball's going to bounce around a little bit more. And what that actually does, it brings, it brings poor putters into the field because their ball might bounce around a little bit and actually go in where a good putter's ball might start online and it'll bounce around and then not, not go in. Ah, this is huge. So, uh, so when you hear uh, it's fast POA, the first thing that comes to your mind is putting it ain't going to matter this week. <laughs> if you're a good putter, it, it always, if you're it a bad matters, putter, it brings, everyone, it brings everyone together. Yeah, well – Actually, slower POA would probably be the thing that makes slower it po- more okay. because the faster okay. POA, because the the faster the ball is going, the less it's going to bounce around. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got the slower. Okay. But so Perfect. like, 
That's why, like, if you guys have ever seen Brant Snedeker putt, he's a great POA putter because he's got that, like, short, poppy stroke where he kind of hits it hard, and so his ball just kind of goes right over. You know, it's not affected by those bumps as much. It's skipping on the surface like a rock on on the lake. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly, great. Exactly. So somebody, great. somebody gave the, like, I mean, there was a really good explanation of the different kinds of grass, and somebody gave me one of those a while back. And, you know, basically said, and I said, what can it, so, and they didn't tell me like where those, you know, I knew Bermuda was in the South, but I'm a really, really bad putter. Like just my <laughs> golf game. Like, I'm awful. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm three jacking it and I'm happy. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm awful. And I asked like, so like, w- what would be the easiest kind of surface to put on? Like to make you look the best. He's like, basically what you've been playing on your whole life, Andy. Like, oh, that, that makes me feel even worse. He doesn't want it to be the opposite. He's like, no, he's like, it's all, it's all bent up there. You're, you're. Well, yeah, the bent's going to be the smoothest, but like we would be like, as a bad putter, we'd be masked a little bit more betting on, on oh, putting on Paula. Maybe I yeah. feel because better. Because of that. Because of that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. There's more different. It's real. It's all relative, Andy. You'd be farther from your. Uh, your I don't know. I your, played, I played careful far, Yeah. Um, which I think is Bermuda or something. And I was also bad there. <laughs> like, it was pretty rough, but the views were a lot better than God knows what I'm playing down here in Rochester. Okay. So, okay. Okay. Got it. So okay. Let me, let me guys show you, give you something a little bit more concrete that I have. Cause it sounds like that's more like the stuff that you guys are into. So we have a simulator. Have you had a chance to check that out, Andrew at all? Our yep. simulator that we run? So I went down and I went back to the 2019 PGA Championship from last year here. And I'll get you to the results of what we got. But here's how we run our simulations. So, we're, Andrew, you play golf, it sounds like, right? Not not as much as I – well, probably more than I should. I'm pretty bad. But, yeah, I play a little here. Okay. Now. But so when you play, let's say, like, do you have a course that you play a lot? Uh, yeah, I kind of got the one that, you know, they have the cheaper Sunday rates. So I like that one. Okay, so let's just say the first <laughs> hole right there. If you're playing that first hole, right, the cheaper Sunday race hole down down in Rochester, there's probably a bell-shaped curve of what you're going to make on that first hole, right? Absolutely like, true. Yes. So what we do is we'll take for every single golfer, we'll go, what? how many times does he make birdie? How many times does he make par? How many times does he make bogey? on holes that are of similar length and similar difficulty. Okay? Got it. Then what we do is I basically, I, I use the, uh, the NBA draft lottery ball analogy. Let's say I threw all the balls in a bucket. I've got 500 balls. There's like 150 birdie balls, 200. I, I've already surpassed whatever number I said, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, and so for each golfer, we'll like kind of randomly draw his score for this. And we'll do this for every single hole and we'll run the tournament a thousand times. Okay. And so that's how we're coming up with our simulations. Got it. And Got I, it. But the, on the front end of that, you're informing that based on uh, kind of effectively the entire performance history of the golfer and then locally uh, similar hole length and characteristics yep yep exactly so we look at we look at the course they're playing in the first hole this week i I don't even know i don't have it up in front of me let's say it's a par four that plays a quarter of a stroke under par and it's 350 yards 
I'll go look for everything, every hole that they, every par four they played plus or minus 10 yards and plus or minus maybe a 10th of a stroke to, to create, to create that bell curve. And then, so we start randomly drawing these, you know, their scores and we've put together a thousand. So we do that for four rounds. So each one, they have four rounds They have, and then we do a thousand tournaments. So it's a thousand simulations, but it's really, there's a thousand simulations for every hole. Sure. So 18 holes for you. Know I mean, so it's, but I was going through kind of getting ready for this today and I went back to the PGA championship last year, which this is a little bit over a year, but we've missed a couple months for COVID. So about a year's worth of stuff. Yeah. And if you bet, if you bet the top five guys on the simulator each week, one unit a piece, you'd be up 209 units right now. Jesus. Okay. So there's yeah. merit <laughs> to this, yeah. to this it, philosophy. Okay. It is, this is a cool one, I think too, because, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of my own opinions on who's short just in the, in the outright market. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll have my preconceived notions. I'll have my opinions and I'll base it on just my running numbers, my running, you know, power rankings that I have for golfers. And then this, you know, when you run the simulator, it's fun to see because the simulator will you know, based on how many times they win it out of a thousand, set a set an outright odds price for that, and then there is a column that'll display. And I don't know where you're pulling that from, but it's usually pretty close to a market consensus price. Yeah, that's that's basically you we pull it like, on Monday, and I think we go to Bet three sixty five, and you know something mm-hmm. like that. It's just kind of the the number that we're seeing. So maybe in America we're paying a little bit more for for it, but for the most part, yeah, it's close. Oh, and there's always a few guys. It's like, man, you know, you know, maybe worth digging into sometimes. But the simulator will just absolutely hate, like Kevin Na. You have him winning eight times this <laughs> out of a thousand. thousand. Well, and, and then on this, and then on the flip side, the simulator's got a serious boner for uh, Sebastian Munoz. I don't know what's going on, but like, it just keeps <laughs> it keeps throwing Sebastian Munoz out. Uh, Interesting. But he, uh, yeah, he's the biggest outlier the other way for sure. But he did, we did so (laughs) at the Sanderson Farms this year, or I think it was last year though. Uh, we had him ranked second to win and he won. And uh, we had his odds of winning at 22, the books had him at 55. So, Mm. okay, interesting. So, it, uh, so it sounds like there's a little because I know I, my guess is that kind of the market makers at the you know, at kind of the market making books um, are doing a similar sort of simulation based um, approach to pricing, uh, Absolutely, which yeah. is good. And it sounds like right away, like there's some differentiation, especially if you're gaining units on them over that long of a time frame. Uh, you know, for sure, um, you know, there's something about what you're doing that's a little different than, you know, what the market makers are doing. I'm wondering, like, Andy, do you get a sense that they're using specifically a strokes gained? Um, kind of more simplified algorithm that doesn't kind of capture sort of the local um, granularity of looking for like similarities between given hole and, and past performance on said hole. I'm going to answer your question with a question. Who do you consider the market maker? In <laughs> I golf would say, bars? I would say Rufus probably. Well, Chris, say, say Chris. Chris, uh, excuse okay. me. Sorry. Bookmaker. Chris. Bookmaker. Yes. yes. But, and I mean, we just listened we just listened to a podcast 
oh, was it Spanky's podcast where they interviewed the guy who runs Chris? And he said for every sport, they have guys who set numbers for them. Yeah. So, I mean, that it, basically you're, it's, you're up against, you know, guys who are helping the bar- market making books set their prices. So, and they're human beings with biases. <laughs> there's yeah, going to be, true. You know, it's like you say the, the, uh, the simulator here has a boner for Munoz, which this is, it says Munoz winning it 5% of the time. Which is, That's a lot. Which is wild. Yeah, you might What's it, what are his strengths? Out of curiosity, I have kind of no crazy. idea. I, it's it's again. If it's you one hundred seventy five to one, Drew. Like he's. <laughs> I'm gonna go bet that for sure. Maybe maybe only five bucks. But yeah, I'm like gonna have that in my he, pocket now. He's only made the cut once since the comeback. I mean, he's got a couple top twenties. He's not a terrible golfer, but yeah, winning at five percent seems a little off. Let, let me uh, let me throw this at you. So again, yeah, I mean, like, I, there's none of my bias in this. Like, I just kind of set this up. I like back tested a while, played with sure. thing. Sure. I'm not a like mathematician. I'm kind of looking to start getting some mathematicians because I've got these numbers here. So I feel like I'm on something. Sure. Yeah. You know yeah I mean, yeah. like, no, no. I, so it's off, like off the, air, off the air. I'll happily give you like ten things that I think if you implemented, you'd make it even stronger. But please go ahead. <laughs> please go ahead. But here's what I will tell you, like as a guy that like I'm only kind of now starting to get into the betting, but like when I ran this, I was like, Oh shit, this is how the books make their money. There's no <laughs> way you can have that many guys that yeah. are, are 30 to one. Like, you know, there's probably 15 absolutely. to 20 guys. Absolutely. I mean, that's like, yep. like, Oh, that's how they make their money because well, yeah, start adding it up and you get to a hundred percent. Look at the bottom. Halfway yeah. down the list. Look towards the bottom and think about how much percent is built in there. Guys that should be 200 to one that are lined a hundred to one. Like that's a, you know, if you have 50 of those guys in your, on, on your board, like you're scooping it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, well, maybe yeah, you don't every, write many tickets in your down simulator, there, but you're going to write a couple. Everybody in your simulator who wins the tournament zero times out of a thousand <laughs> the fact that they are the fact that they have a price at all that, i mean that's, that's well i mean yeah. in all so fairness the, like there's probably weeks that kevin now wins zero times but that's the thing too <laughs> yeah i i probably should run some more simulations too but i i, I don't know i feel like the more simulations i run then it just takes my math equation it just linearizes and this gives it a little bit more of the variability and sure sure but this is a good way. I like the way you're doing this. This is very cool. Uh, it's a, it's a very, uh, it's a unique and it's a differentiate. It, it's a different methodology than I've ever heard anyone explain golf stuff. And I can't tell you how often that is all you need to really have value against the market in certain instances. Like if it's just a little different than the way everyone else is doing it, then you're going to capture something. If that makes yeah. sense. Let me, let me run you through all these numbers too. Cause there's not always a pretty picture and I like to be full transparency on here. So I said, okay, sure. if you bet if you bet the top five guys since the 2019 PGA championship, you'd be up 209 units. If you bet one unit on all those guys, just since the tournament of champions this year, which is January 1st, you'd be down seven units. If you bet the top four instead of the top five, you'd be up 105 since PGA championship, you'd be up seven units from the tournament of champions. If gotcha, you okay. pick the top three back since the PGA championship, you'd be up yeah. 43. And if you did the top three since the tournament of champions, you'd be down eight. So, yeah. Yeah. I think though it's important to kind of qualify though, that like you're just looking at it brute force. Like 
that completely set sidesteps that once you have the information in hand, you can make some informed decisions, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you can actually kind of apply an art, the art of handicapping to it after you've got a data set like that. And, you know, Andy, we talked about this ad nauseum, like as long as you have some number that you can use as a starting point to then apply uh, a more traditional handicap to, then you, you, you're ahead of the field. You're ahead of the, you know, the public yeah, in a that's lot of ways. Here's so many people about, and honestly, you know, it's it's funny because, you know, this, like you said, it started for DFS. I I know people, I know plenty of people who use this site and other sites to, you know, put DFS lineups together. It, it's not that dissimilar, but, you know, most of the guys I talk golf or betting a lot of, you know, just sports betting, head-to-heads, outrights, props, things of that nature. And, I mean, so many people are scared about just, you know, where do I start? How do how do I do anything? How, how do sure. I you know, and it, it it does come down to like, like uh, Moose was saying earlier when he was looking at those head to heads, you have to find a way to set your own price. Yeah, you have to say this is what I think these two, and by price, I mean even more simplified percentage. Like if these two guys play each other, what is the percentage of times that Sung J M beats, you know, Ricky Fowler? And then you you look at the odds that are out there, and you say, well, it's pretty damn close to what I think. So that's there's no edge there. But there's always enough of these head to heads. There's always enough, oh, and the same thing goes for outrights. You know exactly what we're looking at with simulations. It says Bryson wins this 139 times out of a thousand. The odds hmm. on that are about seven to one. His market's about seven to one. Like the market is usually pretty sharp on some of these favorites. Sure, and, and it is. There's a, there's a few where it's it's wildly close, but then there's a few like you know Hubbard. Hubbard is a big number. He's 110 to one, and the simulator seems to think he wins it quite a bit more often than that. And maybe that's something worth digging into. And honestly, that's you know if you want to use the simulator, you want to start crunching numbers and spreadsheets. However, you want to do it, that's what you have to do. Whether you're doing betting DFS. Head to heads, outrights, whatever you want to do with this, you have to come up with your own numbers somehow with the stats to set a price of your own. Yeah, no, for sure. And I honestly, the in the last couple of weeks with a lot of time to kill, I've been screwing around with the simulated golf model for setting matchup prices. And you know, I I started out with something pretty simple that was strokes gained. Uh, you know, just a you know handful of variables, uh, and went through it all, back tested it for what data I had for 2020, and found out that like I'm missing something pretty important in course fit and course history. Like there's there it's undeniable. Like there's something about the way the market moves on those type of characteristics that I couldn't get just by using a very basic uh, strokes gained way of simulating uh you know the the potential scores of a given golfer um so it sounds like i need to you know lean harder in that direction and i guess just it, you know andy what is the background of course fit and its application for you know for handicapping just if, if you can summarize it for us I mean, course fits important course fits super important the the argument i have every week and every golf better has a different take on this is course history Sure. Because you know, I'm there's there's course history truthers and there's course history guys that say like I don't care how he played here because he's played here twice. Like I sure. get it. Course he history always will always have a sample size yeah. problem. Yeah, you always. you always have the sample size. The only the only place I'll ever really get into course history is Augusta. 
Sure. It's just, it's Augusta. And I mean, I think it lends itself to that. So yeah, course fit enormous. Like Moose says, every golfer has their strengths, their weaknesses, their strengths and weaknesses can be um, magnified or exacerbated by conditions, whether it's soft greens, high winds, um, this week they're gonna they're gonna mow the roughs a little higher than they normally did. They're gonna let them grow. Up. There's gonna be the. I mean, it's such a muni course anyway. It ain't gonna <laughs> Your fairways are so wide and they're soft. It's that's not gonna matter. Yeah, it's not gonna matter. But I mean, it, it's a terrible <laughs> example. But it's the only one I had for this week. No, right. But there, there are there are things like that that'll happen week to week. But um, no, but can but I? Let's talk. But a wide a wide fairway like that, like immediately, I ought to be. Um, I shouldn't be taking strokes gained off the tee in a vacuum. I should be looking at I should be looking at a strokes gain that takes away um, you know the any kind of bonus you get for accuracy, right? Well, you could look at similar courses if you wanted to. You can say just show me, you know, if you, if you can sit okay, there and Okay, okay. Got it. Well, got it. Could, got it. You could you could take any one of these stats and say just pick, you know, I'm going to pick a handful, let's say half a dozen courses that are similar. How is a guy's off the tee strokes gained at these six courses over the last fifty rounds, whatever he played? Got and it. Kind of, and and sometimes it's yes, nice yes, to just get yes. a big a big picture of a guy. Let, let's stick with that off the tee. How is he off the tee in general? And then do that. Break it down to six similar courses to where he's playing that have let's say wide fairways like this, and be like, man, it doesn't really make a difference in his game for some reason. Like he's, he's accurate, he, you know, he's accurate either way. Like he, yeah. he's kind of a down the middle guy where the bigger, the bigger uh, fairways aren't helping him. But if you do that for a few guys, you run two sets of numbers, you might see some things pop be like, Oh man, you know, this guy, he's a middle of the road off the tee guy. He's an okay ball striker, but you give him a little, you know, you give him a little extra real estate in these fairways. All of a sudden his ball striking numbers go way up. He's hit. Yes, you know, and, and you can start to pick out little things like that. Yes, it's, it's like anything else. Like it's like everything we talk about on here. You got to do the work. Yeah, you right. Do the, you, you know, you make it sound easy, but you got to go find these things. <laughs> do, do you do you already have anyone off the top of your head after hearing this discussion? This <laughs> uh, no, I, I wanted to chime in on the course. I wanted to chime in on the course history debate. Like sure, a okay, bit. yeah, well, go hey, ahead. Go ahead. So here, here's my thought is you talk to any pro golfer, they'll tell you that there's places that they like more than others. Are they going to necessarily play good there? No. Do Is it because it's near their hometown? Is it because they have a mistress that they like to hang out with? Is it because they're <laughs> away from their mistress? You Probably know, all nobody, people, yeah. nobody knows, but on Fantasy <laughs> National, what I wanted to do is I wanted to create a way where I go, oh, he's played well here the last three years. Was he? Did he play well here because – he just really likes this course or is it cause he was just playing really well for the last three years. So what sure. you can do is you can go to the players page and you can go, okay, yeah. let's go look up whatever term it is this week. And you can hover over each of the strokes game stats for each of the prior years. And they'll tell you how he was doing in the five and 10 tournaments leading up to that versus how he's been doing for the five to 10 tournaments currently. So you can say, yes. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? So it's like, yes, yeah, he, yes, yes, yes. Just, well, he would, yeah, he was just yes. playing good golf. It's not that he played great yeah. golf at, you know, wherever the uh, Hilton had, 
it's he was playing great golf altogether for that whole yeah. month, those last month, two months, whatever you want to say. Or, yeah. or he's just a damn good golfer. Well, yeah, and that's the other thing, too, is you might get there and you might go, oh, over the last five rounds, he was only gaining a stroke and a half on approach for you know in the five rounds previous and now he's gaining two and he played awesome the last you know couple years he's in better form now so you've kind of got this you're not so now you're starting to marry the course history and the recent form together i like that i like that a lot because i you know just having bet a ton of tennis that's most of my background that i'm bringing towards this golf which is i know very very difficult in that it's one versus one versus one versus the 50 field of 151. Um, but uh, absolutely, you see it in tennis. Like some guys at certain venues play their asses off. They're way above, uh, you know, they're way above their previous five tournament performances. Uh, and other guys are very seasonal. You know, where like, oh, this, you know, the, you know, May and June, this is a bet on guy. Uh, you know, August, September, he's a bet against guy. You know, like that, those things absolutely emerge if you have a tool to evaluate it, which it sounds like you do. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Too. I want to well, hear yeah, about, you like, have that. I had no <laughs> idea that, like, I had no idea tennis players, like, preferred venues. I could see them oh, not sure. like, like, is it like a site or is it like, what, what is I the think thing it's exactly what you just said, which is like something of, like they are comfortable there. Like they, ha- like they love the hotel they stay at. It's a short, walk to the, you know, they, they're, they're, they just feel good there. They've had past success there. So their confidence is higher. Maybe they had the biggest upset of their career on that. We mailed them like, the surface yeah. so they could build it at their house. So, <laughs> yeah. well, but then, so the other thing you said though, was time of year too. And this is something <laughs> that I think is important when you're looking at fantasy national too, is if all of a sudden you're keen in on POA this week, because there's a sure. lot of POA in the greens, typically, they're playing POA like in that November to February range where they're all out on the West coast. And that's where you're seeing all that POA. For sure. For sure. So like, are you looking at a seasonal? Is it really the season, you know, and they're playing in a weaker field or do they like the grass? And, and honestly, I don't know the answer yet. All I can do is give you information and we're still working on trying to figure out, get some data guys to really help us drill into that. But until we do that all we can do is serve up the information so something else to just make this even more complicated and confusing. no but this is perfect because guess what we have four rounds of golf there's going to be matchups round two oh. round three round four and if you can build you know I, like you you take all of the data that you have you take the simulations that you have you price your matchups you take some swings pre-tournament and then if there if there are some underlying theses there that you can then prove out as you watch it play out on thursday and friday you get some immediate feedback on what the performances of that guy on that court on that day. You can start to prove positive or negative on your thesis, which you can apply to the next round's betting golf. Do you, is that something you do, Andy? Yeah, and you, you know, you talk about times. Of the, yeah, no, no, absolutely. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about other stuff here, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I get what you're saying. Well, I'm just staring at this chart. Like you can, you, you can look at. You know, you can look, well, I'm stuck on the time of the year and the, you know, sure. I don't want to say like the hot hand because the hot hand fallacy is not real, but a, a guy can be playing better for whatever reason. Oh, sure. And, Current and, form is a very much a thing in a lot yeah, of sports. On the, when you click on a player, you can look at a histogram of their strokes gained like off the tee 
And I mean, it's just a chart from this goes from like 2016 to today, and you can see like dips. And sometimes it's oh, yeah. you see like sinusoidal. Yeah, like why? Well, I'm click. I'm on somebody dumb. Like I'm, I'm on. I clicked on Munoz after you got to talking. <laughs> but you know, like you can see, just over a long period of time, Bryson's strokes gained putting got a lot better. Like it continues to get better. He's getting to be a better putter than he was, you know, even two, three, you know, just two, three years ago. And honestly, maybe that's a terrible example. Go, go you, take a look. Go take a look at look Patrick at Rogers' putting chart. Yeah, you look. Who's that? Pat, Patrick Rogers' putting chart. Go look at his putting chart. If if you look at anything for uh, Bryson DeChambeau, it's going to go up and to the right. Yeah. <laughs> like, go look at look. Go look at Patrick right. Rogers' up putting chart. He figured right. something out at some point. I have no idea what it was. It's but... like it's just a it's just a bimodal. No, no, it goes <laughs> like this. It step. goes like this, and then boom. Boom. Oh, that's yeah, cool. for, so, from like from like 2012 to pretty much 2017, it's it just it's sitting below zero, <laughs> just hanging out. And then right at the beginning, May of like 2018, he becomes a neutral putter, and from there, it's it's like the Amazon rocket chart. Bang! Yep. Yeah, that's great. So uh, that's great. Uh, talking. So you said something earlier about the four days and stuff to correct. And when you're looking at your betting odds or like you're sure. get, looking at your head-to-head matchups, a lot of times they're they're pairing guys that are paired together. Okay. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, for sure. So for sure. One of those guys is probably putting lights out, and the other guy is probably ball striking. The rule of thumb is to always go with the guy that's ball striking because putting can flip around. Like a guy who's not making putts can all of a sudden start making putts, but a guy who's not hitting the golf ball isn't likely to just start puring it on every shot. Yeah. So with DFS, on the DFS side, kind of one of the rule is go look at all the guys who are strokes gained approach the best and find the worst of those guys in putting and play those guys because their ball striking still, you know, going to be there. People are going to be off them because they're not putting great, but then that's likely going to flip. And the same thing holds true for the head to heads. Vice versa for the other guys who are hot putters probably, or is it more likely yeah. to see a hot putter stay hot? Uh, no such thing as a hot putter. Just, <laughs> <laughs> but sit, tell that to Nate Lashley last year when he won this by gaining nine strokes on the field just by putting. Yeah. Nine strokes is a hell of a lot of putts to gain on a field when everybody putts on every hole. Like it's yeah, it is. Yeah. Everything was everything was falling. Two sixty threes. But I mean, but th- I mean, if you've ever played golf, win, win. But think about it. Like when think about how many putts you see that just roll past the edge or even catch a corner oh, yeah. of the edge. Yes, they could have yeah. just as easily fallen. As they did not fall, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. and especially if there's Poe and it's a little bit of like Plinko going down there, like yeah. it's, there's a lot of probability or, or chance going on. Yeah. Yep. For sure. But you don't, you don't accidentally, you, it's very hard to accidentally hit it to three feet from 185 yards. Now That's a I great have, point. I have skull fucked yep. the hell out of it. Can I say skull fuck? Sorry. Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> We're a skull um, fuck positive podcast. Okay, okay. Yeah, I have like skull fucked a <laughs> shot and just had it run all the way up the fairway and just sure. accidentally go three feet. But 
And I'd is, like me clarifying that. Can I say skull? Yeah, is, <laughs> is, is there is up. there a, is there a way to sort out like lucky? I mean, I guess if you if you you have a database that is absolutely sick, is is there anything that you wish you had to help kind of sort out the question of luck versus skill on any yeah, category? Yeah, I wish I had super good math skills. And like, no, cause there, are, there are people, <laughs> no, no, there are, I mean, there are, Oh, like data. Yeah. Like, is there like a data you were like, man, if I just could find out like, you know, distance to hazard or like, you know, some lucky bounce, you know, quantification, like, is there, yeah, is there that, some that's where I was saying, luck? that's where I was saying, that's where I was saying there are guys who have like tried to like, um, quantify the luck factor in golf and they've been able to do it but i go and i read the white papers and i'm like cross-eyed in two seconds so i need to like <laughs> sit down with some of those guys that can actually sit there and do that and i think that's gonna be what's the next this step. word what's yeah oh yeah. yeah or what's this greek letter more yeah, like in, sure sure is like the theta the theta of, of squared phi like i don't know but <laughs> yeah yeah but I, mean, I think like, that you know a lot of that's a lot the stuff of that I'm getting stuff into is, now. Yeah, a lot of that stuff is written to be intimidating. I got to tell you, if you you have someone good explain it to you, um, you'll you'll be like, oh damn it, why did they write this in a way that made it so complicated? Um, so there's hope. There's for sure there's hope to improve on the math side of this. Without I wouldn't wouldn't chat. I, lo- I love that um, though, the, the luck thing because that is something that does get lost. Like like you talk about a guy that has like three putts slip out from 15 feet. Like, sure. That's a big adjustment on his, you know, his strokes gained putting for the week. Well, and that's, that's exactly luck. why we came up with that scoring opportunities gained. Yep. Because yeah. that's a great one. That is a you great know, one, especially many, for tournaments like this, where you're going to have to score. You got to like, you're not going to be in contention if you don't have the chance to score this week. Like yeah, period. Guys might make a 35 footer, but it's not going to be as likely if they're, if they're within if they're within 15 feet, they've got a better than 40% chance or 30% chance of making. You know, so like the more opportunities yeah. you give yourself, the, the better chance you're gonna have. So um who out of curiosity, who's at the top of that list this week? Who are like the top five guys in that category? Um let's go look just in the last month because Oh, good good call. Great call. I'm gonna guess it's answer. Uh it's uh you're, Bryce you're way, way too skinny. Think a really fat guy. <laughs> is it? Is it Bryson? No, it's Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed is number one, huh? Oh, well, last, last twenty, last twenty-four. Fat, yeah, no, Reed. actually, do, actually, Doc Redmond in the last month. Ooh, Wait, I like Doc Redmond this week. That's good. Okay, this all right. right. Hold on one second. This Andy, right. are you, are you, on, you got some Doc Redmond this week? I might. <laughs> yes. Hold on a second here. Um, okay. The uh do I have some like, fucking filter going still here? Patrick like Patrick Patrick <laughs> might win. Just he's 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 lost strokes in weird ways. Oh yeah, yeah. No, this is this is right. Yeah. Yeah, Doc yeah, Redman. I, I, yeah, the luck thing that I was thinking about that was kind of wild was uh, uh I, I guess yeah, we'll finish this point. Who who you got at the top? Doc it, it was Doc Redman, yeah. Nice. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I was just shocked um, to see, but that's what's cool is like I had no idea, but like, uh, yeah, who, yeah, and I, I never would, you, would have unless, said Doc Redman. There's no way you can watch every stroke from every player. It's just not possible. So you need this. You need. Well, the, yeah, we don't want, uh, even want to get into how shitty coverage is. 
Yeah, no, seriously. No, but like one of, we were talking to one of our, the luck question kind of came because we were talking to one of our friends on the, like the first day golf was back. Uh, I wasn't watching. I was just scoreboard watching because I was working. And uh, one of our buddies was like this, you know, Justin Rose was out early. He was minus seven or something at that point. And he was like, ah, this feels a little fluky. And I was kind of like, well, I don't know. I mean, like he was, you know, he, he was kind of doof to snap back. What are you talking about? And, you know, went back and actually watched his strokes. And sure enough, he had a bunch of like bounced, you know, approach shots bounced to the left versus the right and went on the green versus in the bunker, uh, you know, like just barely held up above, you know, going into the hazard, you know, just, just random ass kind of very, very, very close calls. <laughs> and there's, there's no way unless, unless you're actually watching to like suss that out. Right, Andy? Yeah, context is tough, and there's some weird, like weird things happen. People hit the ball 400 yards off the tee, off a cart path, and still make bogey. Like, <laughs> yeah, like how do you how do you contextualize that hole? Like what, what happened to <laughs> yeah. that hole? Right. There's, there's some of that where you have to you know take into account what's happening, and and oftentimes in some of these tournaments too, you do like when you're actually looking at the stats in tournament, you'd be like, you know, this guy got to play in the morning. And you, you can see it as as the tournament finishes up for the day. Like, there can be a full stroke difference between morning and afternoon waves sometimes when the weather is going to allow those sort of things, whether it's, you know, moisture or wind. So, I mean, just knowing, knowing like, why they got to a certain place in the, in the leaderboard and when they played. And there's a million other little things like that where, you, you know, you can't just say, oh, guys leading after the first round must be good. It's it's so tricky. That's what's it's it, it's what sucks about it, but what's so fun about it too at the same time. Because it's let me ask you guys this. Let's let me ask you guys this. Uh, the the weather's consistent. They're playing in a vacuum all day. Where's your best? Where's your best tea time to go off to score? And why? <sighs> Man, I don't know. Do you go first? Nine a.m. And I'd like Andrew? to be, I don't want to be the first one on the course. I'd like to have a little bit of course information about how the course is playing. Um, but I want to be done before the afternoon wind picks up. And I like the idea. Oh, no, you're in a, a vacuum. There's no wind. Yeah, it's in a vacuum. Everybody's oh, in the true. same conditions. Okay. okay. Oh, same conditions all day? Oh, okay. Weather-wise. Weather okay. If it's, if, oh, so I'm going to change my answer. Then in that case, I'm going la- teeing off last. Because I want as much information about how the course is playing as possible. I'm going first for spike marks on the green. Well, so Andrew, Andrew's actually – so the, the, actually I hadn't thought about the information piece of it. But – I mean, they've all played right, practice though. rounds. Right. But so what happens is, is that as the day goes by, you have everybody that keeps going up and grabbing their ball from the hole. So you have – there becomes a donut around the hole. <laughs> so it starts, to, it starts to like kind of bulge up around the hole – as the day goes on. So the guys who are going on first have the most pure putting surface there. So when you're going for first round leaders, you kind of want to look for those fluky guys that can go deep that are playing early in the morning. If the weather is going to be good in the morning, because a lot of times too, the the wind doesn't pick up till the afternoon either. Again, I said in a vacuum, but it's really about the the green conditions early on. Interesting. Okay. So if there is wind, I mean, the combination of the green, I don't want to say deteriorating. It's not like it looks like shit come three o'clock, but I mean, there is a difference. You'll hear golfers talk about it, but if the wind kicks up in the afternoon 
and you have that as well. Like there's some of those after like you can feel pretty good if you have first round leader in the clubhouse. Like you're still gonna sweat it, but uh, we had a guy. We had a guy. A guy we talked. To, shout out Dwayne D Money. He had. Uh, I don't even was it Mackenzie Hughes. Oh wow, he did. He, he had picked. A, he picked Mackenzie Hughes last. He week? only bet like three guys for first round leader, and he hit that. It was like 120 to one. What did he get? Sixty? Was he shot a oh, sixty? Yeah, no, yeah he, he was like ten wasn't under. The, the Incredible. Best is, the best part about something like that is being the guy who bet it versus the guy on the outside, me looking at it and everybody else talking to him. Cause he's like, Oh man, he's, he's like listing off golfers that could shoot a 59. And he, like, <laughs> you're, under, you're a morning guy. You're safe. And then, yeah, it's not like close. Birdies in a row. He's like, Oh shit, I'm dead. It's not happening. <laughs> first round leaders. <laughs> yeah, it, it ended up going through, but yeah, first round leaders are sweating. That's funny. So basically the nature of, of finding an advantage play in that market is, uh, lends itself to having to sweat it out. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, no, that, and that's the worst part about it. Like, like Moose said, it's a, it's usually a morning guy. Unless, you know, some, somebody can get real hot in the afternoon and the weather can, you can have flip-flopped weather. I mean, you can have some, some drizzle in the morning and it gets nice in the afternoon and everything's playing nice and soft for those guys and there's no wind and it makes a difference. But usually, yeah, it's a morning guy and that's what sucks about it because you get him in the clubhouse and then you got to watch four more hours of golf hoping that you get a big number. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, I guess uh, do you – yeah, the uh, if I wanted to try to, because I, because I, again, I, I wanted to go late because I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, I'm going to gain an advantage on the field by like managing this course better than anyone else. Um, is there a way to take the data that you have in hand and try to come up with uh, some sort of quantitative, uh, you know, number on course management um, as far as the skill goes for golfers? Have you guys ever thought of that? So. It is possible. I have not thought of it. Like, I mean, literally I have everything that you need to do, go do this. So like thinking through this, like, as you guys are talking, I'm trying to think of, Oh, I should like run a report to see like what the T to average tea time of a first round leader is. Yeah. You know I mean, just to, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, just curiosity. Yeah. Or yeah. Just yeah, even, yeah. you could, you know, something like that. Like we talked about, when I brought up, you know, course fit, like six, six courses, similar courses, be like at courses similar to this, maybe East coast or whatever, you know, link style courses in this part of the country. It's, it's always, always a morning guy for like the last 15 years. A morning guy's going to be your <laughs> round leader. Yeah. No way. So, no way that's cooked into prices. We should, we should be charging for this. <laughs> I will tell you the fancy national is going to get so much cooler. Like, the site, the state of the site that you're seeing right now is what I've been doing the last three years. I only quit my day job uh, on January 1st. And oh, I've nice. just kind of like been, so I mean like for course management stuff, I'm going to start looking at who leaves their approach shot below the hole more often. That's exactly what I was wondering. You have that. Who, who when, when they awesome. miss, when they miss, when they miss the green, who gives themselves the most green yeah. You know, between them and the hole, so that they're not short-sighted. We're yeah. gonna be able to get that. We're gonna be able to look at who's the, you know, what's the difference between a five-foot downhill putt and a five-foot uphill putt. Sure. You know what I mean, so like as as yeah. real-time betting starts to get going, like we're gonna try to build tools that are just like, hey, hey Alexa, 
what are the odds that Rory McIlroy <laughs> makes this 15 foot downhiller? <laughs> oh, well, that, yeah, that, that's good. And I will, yeah, not to just, you know, turn this into an ad for, you know, it's not like, you know, we asked you to be on here. We're not getting paid to shill, <laughs> you know, fantasy national, but I, well, you know, all things, I have used it for well over a year. I, I love the website. I will say that. And, you know, that you do, you do, it's crazy that you were doing it like part time. Like that's kind of, <laughs> it is crazy. But it's, congratulations! I, I was yeah. gonna say, like, you do add crazy some new stuff. I mean, you're always adding some new stuff, and that's fun. I was gonna bring up. I will copy and paste rankings and stuff into spreadsheets, mm-hmm. so I can do VLOOKUP on yeah. certain things. And one time, and and I just selected too much. In fact, I just like my mouse was being wonky, and I hit Control A. Just said, "Fuck it, I'll take everything." Like the the headers, <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything's coming over. And I scrolled all the way down to you know select a big chunk of it for a VLOOKUP function. And at the very bottom, it said like it was like enter secret, secret room, secret room. And it was because it was a font that was like the same color as the background that you could only see if you'd selected it. <laughs> so I had to go back on the site and click on it, and I can't even remember what it was now. So what that is is. <laughs> It's it's kind of been something I've been working on, but what it is <laughs> is let's say you're playing DraftKings and you're playing these multi-entry, you know, tournaments where you've got 20 lineups going. I wanted a way that you're tracking all your lineups. So you can go in there, you can see like what percentage of your lineups are six of six. You know, which you know, oh, and then nice. who who are all the lineups ahead of you? And it's something that like it's just kind of like something I've been playing around with, but like I can't oh, guarantee I'm going to keep it up there. So I don't want to like make it a selling point. Like if people happen to find it, that's great. But like, it's not like, Hey, go to fantasy national. Cause what I really want to do is kind of create this whole viewing experience for whether it's DraftKings or your bets right now, if you do a head to head bet, there's really nothing to watch other than the it's PGA so tour apps. It's so, so hard. So I, I want to just have a way where you can just go, hey, here are my bets. And then you can just quickly see like where everything's at, like in all your head to heads. I'm up in five of my six matches in a, in a blink. And then furthermore, I want to say like uh, Rory's in the fairway from 135 and he's got a 25% chance of making a birdie as well. But like, that's, that's the that's idea huge. behind yeah. this. The secret room. So, like, I, I, yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's genius. Metric, like, that, that's where, genius. Where he is, yeah. you know, where he is on the on the hole, as far as like, is he in a plus position? Yeah, you know, it, like from this area, you know, is he is he in a good position to score on this hole or you know give up strokes? Where you you could you know I mean you know, there's shot trackers and stuff, but if you don't know a ton about everything, it's hard to tell. Like, man, is, you know, is that where he wanted to be? Especially if you're not watching the broadcast and you're not getting that info or most of the time, the broadcast just isn't showing the guy you want to show anyway. Like that would be, that would be pretty interesting to say like, you know, here's, here's where the driver went. And, you know, uh, we think there's like a 40% chance he's going to have a birdie putt here just based off, you know, compared to, compared to every other shot that's been played on this hole. And or you can you can pick from your simulations and say like, hey, uh, he's you know Rory's five holes you know five holes in the you know the leader maybe someone early went low 
and he's, you know, three or four strokes back. Yeah. And you can be like, yeah, hey, our, our simulations would tell you he's going to, you know, he's going to score five more times uh, on the course today, you know, most likely. Uh, so he's still in good contention to get you the win, you know, like yeah, that kind or, of stuff. Or like, if, or like, you know, in Canada, I know uh, they get a lot of times where the books will give them buyout numbers, you know, like, yeah. so you'd be able to look, I want to be able to have you look and go, that buyout number is worthwhile or it's not. <laughs> it's almost always not going to be, but yeah, it would be worth well, I don't know. At least I know mean, it would be worth money knowing. in hand is always better knowing. than, especially in <laughs> golf where just fucking anything can happen. Yeah. yeah, I don't that's know. That's true. But that's true. But yeah, so so that's what the secret room was about. But you know, and that's again cool. too, like I, I'm, I'm just excited about golf. Like this whole thing was driven from a passion about golf. I think that golf's one of the more exciting games to bet on and watch. Like the only problem is when you play football, you can see every single play of a football game. Yes. When you're betting on golf, like there's a lot of blind stuff. So. I'm just trying to make it a little bit more accessible because that's all I was trying to do is make it more accessible for myself. Oh, this is a great story. Uh, I love that innovation. It sounds like something that's absolutely going to work. Uh, and I honestly, no, I like mean, yeah, something that I asked, I'm, Andy, I must have asked I'm a member. three times, like, mm-hmm. what is the best place to track, track matchups? Like, it is really a pain in the ass to do it on any of the common, you know, gambling tools in my in my general repertoire so uh something cool and new like that would be so welcome um, like fantasy, Nas- using- fantasy national on january 1st of 2021 how's that sound i was using flash score for a lot of it but then you know you start running into this where you're doing round by round matchups yeah you have yeah you have 18 golfers queued on flash score good luck remembering who's versus who well, not, not only who's versus who but once you get to round by round I oh mean, yeah, exactly. Like yes, like, uh, yes. They yes, both start exactly. the day at the same score. They or, never do. They never do. They do. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. they do. I love it when they do. God, when man. they do, it's easy. But they almost yeah. never are. Well, yeah. tra- tracking matchups is a big pain in the butt. I, I actually use like, God for sake, some of PGA. Like the PGA app isn't terrible compared to some of the other stuff. Yeah, that's what I've been using lately too. And even that is, it's still, it's really tough. Um, okay. Well, let's. Nobody will ever we've make taken a better up, app. <laughs> people on at Augusta. That's a, that is a great point. The Augusta app is the only app where it is absolutely no problem at all to track your stuff um, because of the way that they have that thing set up. And yeah, of course, being able to watch on your phone with such high quality uh, is, uh, is, is, is amazing as well. Anyway, let's uh, we've taken up so much of your time. I really appreciate uh, kind of chewing through all of these uh, thoughts as we go through and try to, you know, sharpen our, uh, sharpen our tool- toolbox here. For betting golf uh and it's you know it's exciting to hear you have such a passion for this and that there's going to continue to be uh awesome innovations to you know c- to help uh help the entertainment side of this so uh thank you thank you for your time thank you guys yeah what's your it's been shout, shout your twitter what's your twitter handle oh so there's at fantasy national i'm at the mooseonomics and if you just like listening to drunk guys talk about golf you can follow at nice shot pods that's our podcast too Nice shot. Nice shot, Pods. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, best luck this weekend. Uh, Andy, uh, you going to put up a card? Yeah, I've got a couple couple matchups and outrights already. Second guess anything based on what we talked about? Over an hour, barely touched on DFS. You know, (laughs) we just don't do a ton of it. But, you know, obviously there's a ton of DFS stuff on there. And I do have my, you know, just the boys league we do. FSM 
shout outs. And then I did a, the 43,000 salary cap challenge. I always do that one. Oh and boy. You're balls deep this week. Yeah. Uh, two, two, two lineups so far. So <laughs> pretty deep into golf. Yeah. I'm going to rest my card tonight. So it'll be awesome. And yeah, excited they haven't canceled the tour. Anything we talk about kind of shake your confidence in your card? New. I'm okay. Okay. Steel, steel, right. uh, will. All right. I like it. All right. Well, best luck to you guys this weekend. I uh, hope the Rocket Mortgage, Cl- Mortgage Classic is uh, as entertaining as these last handful of tournaments have been. Uh, and uh, the rest of the month of July, a lot of golf on that. A lot of golf on this schedule. A lot of golf. And yeah, we're, like we said, deeper into football. I know. We should talk more golf. We'll, we'll, we'll have to talk about doing more more golf podcasts in the next couple All, of weeks. all it like took this. was an international pandemic. <laughs> To get you finally into golf, like, like yeah. I said, so many yeah. people, so many people we know, like all the you better, you bet guys, are just, just all golf, well, yeah, golf right now. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's true. All right, well, Moose, thanks again. Best yep. of luck, uh, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk again Monday. Sounds good. Sounds good.